today on the Dental Experience Podcast. This guy gave us a glowing review. Like I would have framed what he wrote. And at the very end, he said, but the walls were bare and it wasn't well decorated. And he gave us a three stars. So it's not about the dentistry. So patients don't know if you have good, better, and different dentistry. They know if they have pain and they know if someone's treating them properly. Do you have like any horror stories of just the absolute what not to do? They actually said that we read your reviews and we don't want to come in because of what people said about the practice. So I literally got to the airport 12 minutes before the flight was ready to take off. Thanks, Helen, at Delta Airlines. I uh, doubt you're listening to this, uh, but <laughs> thank you. This. this is the Dental Experience Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Vett. Welcome to another episode of the Dental Experience Podcast. I am super excited to have with me today a good friend of mine, someone that I've known for years as we've been on the speaking circuit together, the review doctor himself, Dr. Len Tao. Len, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience. Absolutely. And before we get into talking about reviews and reputation, because there's a lot of ways to manage that online and offline, I do have to ask you a question. You have a reputation yourself, a lot of them, I'm sure, but one that I want to address and bring up. Uh, your shirts. You are known for wearing some awesome, exciting shirts. Where do you get your shirts? <laughs> the um, So majority of them are from Robert Graham. I've actually toned them down a lot. I used to have some crazy shirts. If you look at older photos of me, it was really crazy. I've I've actually, because I've done a lot of the major meetings now and, and speaking there, I, I've toned it down slightly what I wear and I wear a jacket and tie now. But even in my dental practice, I, I wear a crazy shirt and it reminds people of me and it makes me memorable. So mo majority of them are gotten through a store called Robert Graham. I, I used to buy them directly from the store itself. Now I go to the outlets, so they're less expensive, which is good. I have about, I don't know, 60 or 70 of those shirts now. So uh, something that people remember me by, so that's why I do it. Absolutely. Well, I love you have a, a pretty new website that looks absolutely spectacular, very well done. Uh, but on there, the the picture in the video of you, you have the largest buttons I think I've ever seen on a guy's button down shirt on that shirt. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, pretty that, impressive. We, uh, we again, I want to be different. If, if you're different in, in marketing, if you're different, you make yourself memorable. And that's what it's about. That's so true. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is just this idea of how do you stand out to get that five-star review? And before we get into that, I want to just talk about the fact that you are a practicing dentist. So you practice what you preach every single day. So could you tell us a little bit about your practice, kind of what your experience has been in, in dental uh, as a dentist? And then we'll kind of talk about and shift to your persona as the reviews doctor and what, what that means and how your reputation matters. So I bought a practice going on over a little over 12 years ago now. Um, the dentist um, unfortunately had committed suicide and um, it was bought under obviously very extraordinary circumstances and I needed to take the practice to the next level, rebuild it, rebrand it, make myself known in the area because I wasn't from the area where I was practicing. So I have a fee-for-service practice, excuse me, I have a half fee-for-service practice. I only currently work two days a week. I'm working Mondays and Tuesdays. I have a wonderful associate who works Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I'm really a one doctor practice, but because I travel and I'm on the road almost every week, I needed to bring someone in. Uh, but we do high-end restorative cosmetic dentistry. We do everything from you know simple fillings to complete cosmetic makeovers to implants to teeth whitening to Invisalign. Uh, my associate adds some surgery in there. So, uh, but we're a bread and butter, you know, high-end restorative office, and that's really the best way to describe it. And I have tons of technology. I'm a techno guy. We have a Cerec. We have an Itero, all digital. You know, we have certain cavity detectors. It's all about 
making patients feel comfortable, giving them that comfortable experience. So they talk about it online. And that's how that's been my mantra my entire life is I want patients to talk about me and my practice to drive more new patients to my practice. And that's kind of the experience that we give them. That's great. And I know my course topic, that's really one of the more popular courses I do is called creating experiences worth sharing. And uh, I do that in dentistry and outside of dentistry. And it's the idea of making uh, an experience for that patient that they do want to share it. And there's always two types of uh, experiences that patients share. It's the the good ones, and then they share the bad ones as well. And uh, I know you found that to be true. And uh, that's really why you've become uh, known as the reviews doctor, because you had to establish yourself and your name in uh, an area that you weren't yet known. And you wanted to do that with five stars. So let's talk a little bit about reputation. And let's start offline first about some strategies just to engage and have people uh, have your patients just really love your reputation and grow to love and trust you offline. And then we'll talk about how that translates very directly to online and how patients find you and decide whether or not they're going to go with you or the dentist next door. Great. You know, I think it starts with customer service. I think if you give the patient an awesome customer experience in the office, whether it's the front desk being nice and helping them with their insurance, whether it's the assistants just being there for them, the dentist giving them a painless dentistry, which I think is the one thing the patients fear the most. Yep. You know, as long as you do that, it's it's a great way to market your practices through reputation. As an example, I have a client in California and he has a lot of bad reviews. I mean, and I'm not against, I mean, look, I have my own bad reviews. I always say I have 1,700 positive and probably 90 negatives. Uh, most of the negatives are about my personality. I'm a New Yorker living in Philadelphia. I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a filter. I say it like it is. Well, this guy is similar, except he's in California. And a lot of his bad reviews are because of his attitude. And I spoke to the team yesterday because he wanted his team to buy into what we do. And I said, you know, hey, you look at the bad reviews. What are the bad reviews about? And they say, well, his attitude is not very good when it comes to certain patients. And I said, if he doesn't fix that, he can't get positive reviews. I mean, right. you're still going to have a lot of negatives because of his attitude. So I think if a, if a practice or the dentist or the team has this great attitude and they treat the patients well, they want to talk about it. They just don't have an avenue to do that. Exactly. Or they don't know how to do it, I should say. You know, I think if, if, if you ask me what the main things to do is you want to give them this great wow experience so they have something to talk about. You want to give them what they want. You want to under-deliver and over-promise or under-promise and over-deliver, excuse me. And those things are what really will give you a patient who wants to talk about you online and create what I call raving patients. Absolutely. And you talk a lot about raving patients and you even have a podcast called the Raving Patients Podcast that I uh, had the opportunity to be on. So thank you for having me. And I'm glad we can have a conversation here on the Dental Experience Podcast as well. You know, balancing the demands of the office with personal lives is tougher than ever right now, especially. One way to help make that easier is by working with a lab partner that you can count on. Trident Dental Labs offers a full range of services, and they have more than 30 years of experience helping doctors throughout the entire U.S. They work hard to be a complement to your practice and not add stress to your day, and we know how important that is. Their cloud-based account portal, it gives you 24-7 access to make scheduling pickups and tracking cases simple and fast. Plus, their technical support team is standing by seven days a week if you have any questions or, or run into some trouble. Now is the time to upgrade your dental lab experience. Plus, for a limited time, Dental Experience podcast listeners, that's you, you can write the code Dental Experience on your first case and you can save up to $50. Simply visit tridentlab.com slash DEP for more details. That's Trident Lab, T-R-I-D-E-N-T, 
lab.com slash DEP, as in the Dental Experience Podcast. Now let's get back to the show. I would love to know if you have any, and you don't have to disclose uh, an office because I know you work with many, but do you have like any horror stories of just the absolute what not to do? And then maybe we'll talk about a couple tips and tricks of what to do. Well, most dentists or team members or offices, they ask me for advice. They pay me for advice. You know, I do consulting as well. So I have clients who, who pay me for direct consulting from a marketing perspective. But when they pay me, you think they would take my advice. Uh, which is bizarre to me when they don't. But, you know, there's one office in particular was that they were trying to get Yelp reviews and they insisted on putting Yelp in the review request. And I keep telling them, don't put Yelp in there. If Yelp catches you, you will end up with, I call the scarlet letter on your Yelp page, which is, hey, this office has been bilking the system trying to get reviews what they deem illegally or, in, you know, unprofessionally. Right. And they continue to do it and do it. I'm saying, hey, guys, you're going to get caught one day and boom, one of their competitors ratted them out and they got caught and all the reviews came down and they have this scarlet letter, as I call it, on their page. So I think it's the fact that there's – we have about 7,500 dentists who use the platform. Um, so I have a, lots of clients. A lot of them I signed up personally. I think overall it's just the fact that they pay me and they don't take my advice or they, they try to do things that are just not the best practices. And I'm all about teaching best practices because I teach so many people the, the same thing and I want a consistent result. Right, exactly. And I think that's just so important. What are some of the best tips and, and consistent results are one of them, but what is like one easy thing that everyone could fix in their office today that would help just start to build their reputation better for maybe some of those people who are, are more picky or more inclined to go and, and write a bad review? So I would tell you the most important thing is to create a culture of reputation in the office. I think if you sit the team down, tell them that you want to start doing reputation marketing, which is obviously using your, your reputation to market yourself, but the team has to have buy-in. The team has to be willing to adapt and willing to change and willing to make the reputation the major thing that they're asking for. So I think yeah. that you know whether you use a piece of software, whether you are just asking a patient, which obviously is going to be the cheapest way to do it, but the least effective way, I think you have to just get and ask the patients. I think you have to get down to them, you know, explain to them how important it is that you really appreciate them being a patient and ask to, to drive feedback to your page or to your Google page or Facebook page, whatever it is. If a practice buys in and you have that reputation culture, I think everything kind of just follows through in that point. But yeah. I think the biggest struggle is, is that Teams don't find the time. We're very busy during our days. Doctor has to manage the team and do the dentistry and do the payroll. They don't want to take the time to do this or set themselves up for success. And I think if I was giving one big piece of advice to the offices out there that are listening is, you know, make reputation a priority. You, mm -hmm. know, it's, you know, make the culture in the office based on the reputation as if people are coming in and they're going to grade you on their experience. Every patient is going to do that because they have the opportunity to do that when you make reputation a priority. And know that when they talk about you online, it's going to attract new patients to your practice. Or the other way around too. Oh, oh, oh no. And, and what's the, I'm glad you brought that up. So interesting enough, I always tell people that when someone looks you up online, and let's say you do have 3.5 stars, which is not so good on a Google score, and very rarely will someone call you up and say that you suck online and I'm not coming in. They just don't come in. Right. And you have no, no way of knowing what you're losing by having a poor reputation online. So I've told that to thousands and thousands of dentists, even ones without bad reviews, just to say, hey, you don't know what you're losing if you don't do it. 
Like I literally signed someone up today who had zero reviews. He's been in practice for 42 years. He has no wow. reviews. And I mean, that, you think about that, that's kind of an odd situation that not one patient ever left a review. This doctor was in Atlanta. She and I had spoken a number of times and she declined to sign up. And I'm not a pushy salesperson. I'm the least pushy person ever. I, you call me when you need me. <laughs> so she reached out to me and I, you know, she said, hey, I, I, I've got three point something stars on Google, like 75 reviews, which again is not good. I said to her, well, you know, you don't really know what you're losing. For. She goes, no, no, that's why I'm calling you. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, I literally had a, she's a pediatric dentist and she had a, a, a family of six people make appointments. So six kids made appointments hmm. and the next day they canceled the appointment. And when they asked huh. the person why they canceled, they actually said that we read your reviews and we don't want to come in because of what people said about the practice. Wow. And honestly, I've been telling that for a long time. I've never actually heard a story that it actually happened like that, right. where someone made an appointment and canceled it because of what people said about the practice online. Right. Especially a family of six. I mean, that's a, a significant loss of revenue. She immediately called me, immediately signed up, and, and she's improving her reputation. And it's usually about money. It's usually about running late. It's usually about someone at the front desk being rude. It's all customer experiences. People don't talk about their dentistry in the reviews. Right. Unless they had pain. And, you know, that's what they talk about, you know, dentist being rude to them. You know, like I have a reviews, reviews about my, my tone, my, my, the way I, I interact in the office with them. So it's not about the dentistry. So patients don't know if you have good, better, and different dentistry. They know if they have pain and they know if someone's treating them properly. That's a really interesting that's, point what the majority of the reviews are about online. Huh, that's fascinating. I would love to ask, and I know you talk a lot about this, but there are certain ways to encourage or ask for reviews in the office to a patient, especially one of those patients that you know seems to have had a good experience. What what are some good tactics and techniques without software to kind of have that conversation and then maybe following up by saying, you know, you'll, you'll receive a question survey later? So I think, again, you have to make it a priority to make reputation the main way you're marketing. If you don't do that, it's you got to make the commitment. I mean, that's number one. Right. Number two is you have to find someone in the office who is you know, comfortable discussing this, like asking for a review. Can you write a review about our practice? It doesn't sound great. It sounds odd if you think right. about it. So I've changed the verbiage that I use and I recommend everybody using it. I asked for feedback about the patient's experience. When a patient comes up to the front desk, what is the first thing that you should say to them? Not give me your money. <laughs> right. It was, how was your experience in the office today? That should be the first thing people said. Now, hmm. unfortunately, I do hear give me your money as an answer sometimes, which I laugh at. <laughs> but it is, how was your experience? And it's either going to be great, good, bad. You know. But if you get someone who says, I had a great experience, that's when you know you have someone who is willing probably to write something nice hmm. about you online. So when you hit that point, any compliment, whether the music was good in the office, they liked the, the colors, whatever it is, any compliment out of that patient's mouth, that's when you want to key in and say, oh, great. Would you take some time to provide us some feedback about your experience? And either you ask them to do a Google review directly, you send them a link via a cell phone, you send them a link via email, something, but you have to give them the, the way, the avenue to do that review because they're not going to do it on their own. That's great. And I was actually on the phone with Delta. They had a, a whole lot of issues in LaGuardia last night. So it took me a long time to, to get home. But the, the person on the phone, her name was Helen. And at the end, she said, I strive for five. Please consider staying on the line to leave a review. And that was really interesting to kind of annotate. Now, they don't have an option at the end of every Delta Airlines call. They, they do the one question survey on a scale of one to five. But she did have that kind of pithy little line that says, hey, I strive for five. Please stay on the line to type in your review. 
I like that. That's actually a nice one. You know, I, I've kind of monikered my own thing called a trustimonial. Not a testimony, but a trustimonial. So I like that. Strive for five as well. I like that. I'm going to use that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, thanks, Helen, at Delta Airlines. Uh, doubt you're listening to this, uh, but thank you. <laughs> hey, you never know. Yeah, um, but you, but but if I remember, you also had a great Delta experience that you ended up, I think, talking about at that Jumpstart, where Absolutely. they you, you were running late and they actually drove you, you know, from one plane to the next by car to get you on the plane in time. Was that what it is? Exactly. You got it. I'm glad the the message stuck. That was many months ago. Yeah, you were awesome up there, and uh, I remember that specifically because of the fact that it's all about customer experience. So I give the airlines credit for doing that, and I'm a I'm a, an American guy through and through because Philadelphia is a hub for them. They roll out the red carpet for you, trust me, they and do. it's nice to oh, be yeah. able to do that. And I had a very similar situation that you described there. I was uh, speaking at an event in Washington D.C., and I was signing people up for the software. And my wife says, "Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm at the hotel." She goes, "Your your flight." is ready to leave. I'm like, Oh, oh my no. God, I missed, the, I, I missed the flight. Literally. I mean, I wasn't, so I called American and the woman goes, Dr. Tower, are you on the plane? I'm like, no, that's the way I'm calling you. <laughs> so there was no other flights leaving from Washington. Right. I had to drive to Baltimore, BWI. Oh, man. So I had a cab drive me and the guy said, I needed to get there in like 50 minutes. And it's like a 55 <laughs> minute ride. So I said, you got to fly. So I literally got to the airport literally like 12 minutes before the flight was ready to take off. Wow. And I, Booked like faster than everything else. Got to the gate. It was like nine minutes before the you know the flight was going to take off, and the, the gate was closed. Oh, and they no. said, "Are you are you are you uh, Leonard Tao, the executive platinum?" I'm like, "Yeah." She goes, "Okay, hold on a second. She called over, and they said, "Okay, we're going to get you on the plane." So they open up the jetway, and the plane had already left. The plane's in the middle of the tarmac. So they wow. actually had me walk on the tarmac, and they rolled the the door down because it was a small no. plane from Philly. And they rolled the door, and everybody on the plane's laughing because I actually walked on the plane from the tarmac. And they held the plane for me because of of the way that they, you know, I give them so much business and it's never happened before. That's So I, I had a very similar experience like you had because they, they treat you well is really what it is. And I talked about it. That I spoke about online. That story brings back actually horror stories, horror memories to me. I remember uh, in middle school growing up in Chicago, I had to chase the bus once. Uh, (laughs) and you're banging on the back and the bus driver sees you, but isn't stopping. So I'm glad you had a better experience trying to chase a a moving vehicle down. It Um, it was actually Super Bowl Sunday. So I, if I didn't get that, I wouldn't have got home, home in time for the Super Bowl, but luckily, luckily I, uh, I made it at home and we were able to watch the Super Bowl, but that was not a, not a fun experience. No, but that's, you know, making that experience has all the difference. And, uh, real quickly, I want to touch on two more things. Uh, one, you talked about some content in the reviews I want to touch on, and then I want to talk about opportunities to use software to help automate and streamline this process. But first, when you were talking about reviews, you mentioned color of the walls or music in the background. And this is something really interesting. I own uh, a couple coffee shops and wine bars, and we really strive for decent reviews. And typically, our reviews are very good. But we just opened a new location. This guy gave us a glowing review. Like I would have framed what he wrote. And at the very end, he said, but the walls were bare and it wasn't well decorated. And he gave us a three stars after this glowing review. The funny thing about it was it was on a pre-opening event that like literally it said, you know, excuse our dust where we're still preparing and decorating and painting. So I, I was just like, you shouldn't have written that. But that's beside the point. So when when someone comments on something obscure like this and that really has nothing to do with the quality of service that you provide, how do you go about A, responding to that, or do you at all? And then B, how do you counteract that? So I believe there's, you know, and I hear every day from somebody that they got a bad review. I mean, every day someone messages me, they don't know what to do about it. I give a class called, oh my God, I got a bad review. What do I do? So I, I have a whole <laughs> section of my my seminar that 
dictates this topic. Number one is, you know, and someone always says it's not true. There's, they're not a patient. I hear every excuse under the sun. Regardless, it happened. You need to fix the issue because reviews are hard to get down. Okay. Right. So number one, I think there's a truth in every review. Okay. It's embellished, of course, but there's a truth in every review. So if you're running late, stop running late. I had a dentist actually tell me he was getting bad reviews about running late. What should he do about it? And I was dumbfounded. I'm like, um, don't run late or show up on time. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that fixes the problem. So fix the problem that they're complaining about, number one. Okay. I am not a huge fan of responding to reviews online that are negative because I think it can start a war of words that's in the public eye and that could look bad on the practice. So I like to take it offline. I like to contact the person if I know who the information is from, hmm. um, try to fix the problem, which I've done many times, and the person has taken the review down or changed the review itself. That's great. So that's my recommendation. If you feel you definitely need to respond, that's fine. You always want to apologize. You always want to say, I'm sorry, even if you're not. So definitely want to apologize and tell them to contact the, the business or the office, You know, let them deal with it directly with the practice, not in a public way where people can see it. So- Respond if you feel you want to, but don't be angry. Calm down and take a deep breath because you don't want to write angry rebuttals either. Yeah, that is excellent, excellent advice. Uh, and so let's let's wrap up here by talking about how to streamline reviews in your practice because I think a lot of people uh, just wait for the reviews to come. And most times, and at least that I find, less people are going to take time to write a good review than the people who are going to take time to write a bad review. And that's one of the reasons why having multiple reviews from the many happy patients that you have are so important so that the one in a thousand people who had a off day doesn't kind of corrupt your, your good reputation. So what are some ways uh, with software that we can streamline reviews and collecting those for our practice? Well, as you know, I, I run the dental division for BirdEye. So I think, you know, having an automated system to send out requests, you know, after the patient leaves the practice, I think is vital to having a continued successful reputation online. Now, if you think you want to do it yourself and ask, that's fine. You'll find that because it's based on a human element involved where someone has to ask or send out the review request of their own, it's not going to maintain consistency. And you'll have a, a real uptick in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, you'll see it drop down and it won't, won't go back again because they've got other things to do. Yep. So I think having an automated system, whether you, I recommend text messaging just because of the fact that most emails aren't even opened anymore. Most text messages are 87% are open in one to three minutes of receiving them. So I definitely think the practices should, you know, Hey, you want to try it on your own? Go ahead, try it on your own. But after it's not successful, you realize that you need to use a platform that actually generates reviews on Google, not a microsite that is not Google because nobody cares about what's on those microsites. So right. you got to find a system like BirdEye that gets reviews directly to Google and Facebook from your practice management software. That's great. And I do just want to touch on that real quick. Using a software like BirdEye or, or some of the others out there, it does connect or many of them connect directly to your practice management software. So it takes that, uh, as Len was saying, it takes that human element of having to remember out of it and keeps it consistent. And one of the things that in, in one of my courses I, I talk about is Google looks at, you have rankings and you have ratings. Sometimes the ranking is influenced by the rating, but not just who has the highest score all the time necessarily, but who has consistent scores. And, and that's another thing that's very important that I think a lot of people don't realize because some people are like, oh, I'm going to Blitz and I'm going to email you know my 3,000 patients and, and try to get a bunch of reviews. And great, the reviews go up 
real quick, but that's a momentary gain. And so I think the consistency is something that's not talked about enough that I just wanted to reiterate. Yeah. And, and real quick, you know, for practice that gets, you know, 30, 50, 40, 50 reviews in a couple of months and then stops, it actually hurts you in the ranking because Google doesn't, doesn't see that consistency coming in. So you definitely want to maintain a consistent flow of reviews. You know, that's important as well. It's critical. Yeah, absolutely critical. Well, Len, I appreciate our, our time. I'm sure I'll see you. You're one of the most consistent people I see on the road. In the meantime, how can someone find out, A, where you're speaking or how they can learn more about consulting or get in contact with you for more information? So I'll give them two pieces of information. One is my website. It's D-R-L-E-N-T-A-U.com. So it's Dr. Len Tao. Dot com and you have my speaking schedule on there, consulting information. And then if somebody wants to speak to me, they can call my cell phone. I don't have a problem giving it out. Everybody has it anyway. Um, it's 215-292-2100 is my cell phone number. And you can text me or email me. And I'm happy to discuss whatever you want to discuss on the phone. Awesome. Well, Len, I appreciate your time so much. As always, it's great talking with you and just learning. You know, reviews are not just important dentistry, they're important across the board. So it's always beneficial and valuable. And I appreciate your time. And listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Dental Experience Podcast. Please, if you like this episode, share it with a friend, share it with a colleague. And if you have a minute, we strive for five here at the podcast, and we'd love for you to write us a review. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Dental Experience Podcast. For show notes, to ask a question, or for more information, visit www.thedentalpodcast.com. The ideas discussed during this episode are the opinions of the participants and do not serve as legal, financial, or clinical advice. Until next time, this is the Dental Experience Podcast.